0: So if we haven't driven away the entire audience, thanks to those who are still watching after we just (laughs) talked Giants baseball for about 10 minutes, this is Wake Up with Damon and Larry. Please click like. Please click subscribe to both of our channels. We would certainly appreciate it if you did. Larry, I got memberships available, and uh, people have really responded in order to support the channel. It's meant an awful lot. Uh, The support from you yourself, your vast audience has Created a huge impact for what I'm starting to do over here. So I really appreciate it. Go ahead, click like, click subscribe. And Larry, if you don't mind, why don't you click on some of these uh,
1: starred uh, comments that you have, some, uh, some super chats. Let's jump in. Yeah, we got four or five here. We got Dale says, I'm offended. We are not favored by more points. What is the exact spread in this game? What is it? Let me look this up. Hold on. Is it Niners by four, five?
0: Five and a half, something like six. Let me. I would
1: say it should be Niners by six and a half or seven. Five. Niners minus five.
0: Look, this is an 11 and three team that's six and one on the road coming to town. Right. This is not some stocking stuffer. This is the main present that gets left under the tree. This is a big, 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 nasty, can really play good football, football team coming. You know, I saw somebody in the chat say, did you see how long it took them to put away the Jacksonville Jaguars? The
1: Jacksonville Jaguars are a good football team. They, they And 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 the Rams almost beat them in Baltimore, but look at the Rams. The Rams are coming on. Yeah, And, and also the other thing you got to factor in here, and it is a factor, the Niners had like eight guys that didn't practice yesterday. That's an awful. I mean, the Niners are not exactly walking into this game at full tilt uh, health-wise. Right. There's They're a big There's a big difference being down five
0: guys against the Arizona Cardinals and being down four or five guys against the Baltimore Ravens. It's
1: two totally different things. Right. Kevin Wood says, this whole CMC Purdy MVP debate reminds me of Mantle and Maris in 1961. Truly a wonderful magic time to be a fan. Merry Christmas to both of you guys. Thank you, Kevin. Really appreciate that. And it is. It's
0: it's rare when you have two legitimate. This guy could be the best player in this league, and you got them both on the same team. It's it's a special, it's it's a special problem to have. Who might be your MVP is a great conversation that every team would
1: love to be in. And you know it's it's great too that you know Purdy's like, hey man, it's CMC, and CMC's like, hey man, it's Purdy. Fred Warner yesterday at his locker said, um. He described, uh, or no, to Jerry Rice. That was, in, he had Rice on his Warner House deal, and he called uh, Purdy MVP Purd. So, uh, Warner's weighing in Yazarian. Heath. Um, by the way, did you see that uh, um, Trent was basically
0: they, they asked, Who do you think? And he's like, No, nah, I'm not in it, I'm not not even take that bait, not not taking it.
1: Yeah, oh, Shanahan was like, Hey, man, I, I don't want to even comment. I mean, it's it's a lose lose. I will say this, though. It's either it's probably either Brock or CMC. Um, you know, people say, "Well, it could be Lamar." Okay, it could be Lamar, but Lamar's got seven fewer touchdowns than Purdy. Right, six but passing, no one household names playing with him. I right, mean, but he also has running ability.
0: In Ravens. I mean, it's like it's it's uh, he he's it's like Gladys Knight and the Pips. When it comes to Lamar, it's Lamar and the Ravens. I mean, it's a nameless, faceless group behind them. And they got just as good a record as the Niners do with household names all around. Yeah. I mean, there's no one on the Baltimore Ravens you'd really even want for your fantasy team other than Lamar. And they're still 11 and three. He's a one-man army. They used to call Donovan McNabb a one-man army. This might be the biggest one-man
1: army the NFL has seen since McNabb. I mean, that's how good he is. By the way, you and I were sitting right next to each other in the dome. What was that song that you said one man army wasn't there? Wasn't there song like seven man army or something like that? Or that was the most annoying song to listen to during that Super Bowl. It's like Damon and I were sitting next to each other in the dome when the lights went out. And the and Harbaugh Harbaugh gagged away the Super Bowl, calling timeouts late in the in the drive. Oh my god, dude! How do you
0: have Vern, How do you have illegal Harbaugh? Formation? Harbaugh
1: gagged that away, man.
0: How do you have a legal formation first play of the fucking Super Bowl? You serious? Yeah, well, formation. How, how about you this work on that one you, all week?
1: You got old man Bernard Pollard, old man Ray Lewis, old man Ed Reed. I'm watching the game on my binoculars, and I'm looking at these guys. They're all. Jim Harbaugh timeout timeout right. then all of a sudden guys are getting their helmets off their towel and off and then I mean Jim seriously I mean he, he gagged that and then three fades to Crabtree or whatever yeah, instead of handing the ball to Frank Gore, Gore, or having Kaepernick go. running around the edge I mean Jim Harbaugh cost the Niners that Super Bowl people talk about Shanahan cost the Niners on the uh, the my, the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, eh. Jimmy played horribly in that game. By but you can say Harbaugh cost the Niners that Super Bowl. Wasn't no the
0: doubt. ghost of Randy Moss on that team for a minute there?
1: Yes, uh, and he, he short armed it like you know in, in, in just disgusting fashion. By the way, I love Yossarian Randy was, Moss, but he was a shadow of himself at that point. Yosarian
0: used to work at the zoo. Happy Mofo Friday! That's a little yeah. uh, he, he's, he's he's a diehard pleaser
1: right there. Thank you, Osarian. He used to work at the zoo. All right. Happy mofo Friday. Appreciate that. And Sean Shepper also jumps in here. He says, wow, 20 spot. He says, did everyone see Krug's face when he realized Bruce is plantar fasciitis, alchemist buckets of my wife will love me forever pouring from his eyes? Problem is our missed tackles. Lamar is, is wide receiver elusive. Giants making Mike Ivy days look good. I like how He's he's kind of a medley of comments there. There's
0: a lot going on in there. Thank yeah,
1: you. I mean seriously, Sean, you read me. I mean, when I, when Damon talked about his answer to the plantar fasciitis, I thought to myself, the show's going to end. I'm going to dial up my son Kevin, who's going to order it off Amazon. Maybe it will be here before the hol- before uh, Christmas, and I will be a hero to my wife.
0: Put plantar fasciitis. In the Amazon search bar, there will be all sorts of different price points. Get the cheapest one. Okay. Get the, I got the cheapest one. I didn't spend more than $18 on this brace that, like, you you, you get it and you put it on your foot, Larry, and then, you, 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 like, it holds your foot up like this at a right angle.
1: Does be it hurt at all? Is it there just, any pain no, involved? No, no,
0: no, no, no. it just it keeps your foot. Because normally when you sleep, you know, your foot relaxes. And in that relaxation, the plantar fascia uh, doesn't get to stretch out. This keeps it permanently stretched throughout the evening. And like a 12-hour while-you're-sleeping stretch is just what the doctor ordered for this.
1: Dude, now- I, I, if this works, my wife already likes you and your wife, but she's going <laughs> to love you and your wife. I mean, seriously, I mean, if you can cure her plantar fasciitis with this this little gizmo, I mean, it's going to be, you know, father, son, Holy spirit, Damon, Bruce, amen before every meal. I mean, it's
0: all I can tell you is Amy, we'd love to show up for the lobster tails whenever you're ready to serve them. Uh, no, but that's, uh, look, it's going to work. It's going to work. It's it's going
1: to work. I, I believe <laughs> yeah. you. I believe you. And I'm going to be taking it down and I am going to be ordering it before noon. Matthew Rowley says, I don't have a good feeling about this game. Everyone seems way too confident. Talk me out of my misgivings. Merry Christmas to both of you.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm been in a little bit of a doubting Thomas here, Matthew. You know, we're not trying to go overconfident broadcasters here. Um, the Niners can absolutely win. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now who makes the mistake. The first team to blink in this game might lose it. I mean, that that's how close I think it actually does come out in the wash. Uh, the, the reason why the Niners are, are only given five is because even Vegas looks at this one and knows this Ravens team is a handful. And they can play defense, man. They really can. Now, Larry, you pointed out some real weaknesses against the run, and those are weaknesses that Kyle does a great job exploiting. I also think you got a secondary that the 49ers can exploit a little bit as well. I mean, the 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 real position group that is miles ahead of the talent of the other position group is wide receiver. I mean, the, the Ravens would love a Brandon Ayuk or a Debo or a Juwan Jennings. You know, they got Zay flowers, Zay flowers, and good luck with that. Zay well, flowers well, and what's the remaining of Odell Beckham jr. Who yeah. hasn't done anything. I mean, he's,
1: he's just not who he was. All I would say to Matthew rally is yesterday. I did a live stream, a behind enemy lines, live stream with Jeff Zarebiak who is the Ravens beat writer for the athletic in Baltimore. And he picked the Niners by 10 um, and said that even though the Ravens are a good football team, he thinks that, you know, that there's enough weaknesses there where he likes the Niners to, to win the game. And the weaknesses that he talked about were Ronnie Stanley is not a hundred percent at left tackle. He's not playing at, at the same level that he was. Um, you know, Morgan Moses is, is, is definitely, you can, you can definitely pick on Mo's, Moses. They don't have their number one tight end likely, you know, is a good player, but he's not nearly as good as their number one tight end. They just he's lost a great
0: job backing up Mark Andrew though. He really has. He's good. He is.
1: No, he's a good player. My buddy, uh, Rick Mueller is the, is the recruiting coordinator at coastal Carolina. He recruited that kid out of high school. He's a tremendous size and he's been, and he's been really, really good but um, he's, not, he's not Mark Andrews. They lost their best running back last week in Keaton Mitchell. Um, you know, their secondary, Marcus Williams, their safety is not, not healthy in this game. Um, so, you know, it's, it, we'll see. We'll see, but, you know, go watch that live stream on the Krug Show YouTube channel, Jeff Zaribiak with a Z. Um, and it was a really good one, and he was on for about a half hour, and broke the whole thing down. Uh, we had a really extensive conversation, and then I asked him for his pick, and he said the Niners by 10. So there you go. He wasn't playing uh, up to you. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. Uh, Elite Archer 23 says, it's a special time? I'm sorry. Are we in the middle of a dynasty? I've not seen a parade. Well, again, Ooh, you're look blind. At that. You're
0: blind. Like, all I can tell you is that the only thing you understand about football is team with Lombardi trophy, good, everyone else bad
1: they've been in three of the last four nfc championship games this is i'd say i'd say this is a pretty good time did you did
0: you were you around for the mike nolan era were you here for chip kelly were you here for jim tom Were you here for the staggering amount of poorly conceived badly built football that the niners served up for the better part of 20 years
1: at one stretch i mean how about just quarterbacks were you here for Gio Carmazzi? Were you here for Tim Rattay? Were you here for Cody Pickett? Were you here for um, Smith from Ohio State? Troy Smith. Uh, Troy Smith. I mean, come on. You've got a you've got your quarterback of the future, you got a young head coach, you got a young general manager, you got a loaded roster. You've been in three of the last four NFC championship games. Um, you know, come on. I mean, you know, seriously. I mean you no, know. It's, this is you
0: you gotta be able to enjoy the journey. You gotta be able to enjoy the journey. And there's just, you know, I mean, it's, it, you have the best record in the NFL. You greedy son of a bitch. What more
1: do you want than that? You <laughs> know,
0: I mean, so you get the best record in the NFL.
1: We used, to have a, we used to have a stadium that was, uh, that you were as likely to meet raccoons on your way out as, uh, you know, and, I mean, seriously, I mean, now you've got a stadium that's, it's clean, it's beautiful. You got a head coach that wants to be here. Uh, who's young. You got a 23-year-old franchise quarterback who makes 840 grand. You got both I mean, the, the deepest roster in the NFL and the most star-laden roster in the NFL. Think about that. Just forget everything else I said and just talk about that. those two th- factors, the deepest team in the league and the most stars. I mean, how many teams have that? You're on top and you don't even realize it. And how many teams? I mean, name me the team
0: that could survive the coach and GM that could have survived the Trey Lance debacle. I mean, that's enough to get people fired legitimately and you deserved it. You got fired. Had this team not found Brock Purdy with the last pick in the draft. I'm going to tell you right now. I, I don't know if we aren't talking about, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch as being wrapped up at the end of this six and 11 season, because you are six and 11 without Brock Purdy. Okay. Without Brock, you're six and 11. That's, that's who you would have been. But this guy was not the Powerball ticket that hit. He's the found Powerball ticket. You literally, you're walking out of Safeway. You're going to your car. You're putting the groceries in the back of the car and you bend over and you pick up a Powerball ticket that somebody dropped. And it might be the MVP of the league. That's insane. Yeah. That, I mean, that only happens in Disney movies. You're literally watching the start of a Disney movie, and you're telling me what's special about this? Like if you didn't realize that the Lion King was pretty fucking good about halfway through it, I'm sorry. I you know, I can't help you, dude. Maybe Disney movies aren't for you. Maybe football's not for you, elite archer. Maybe football's <laughs> not
1: for you. Well, and and you know, go through and look at the job that John Lynch has done as far as being the Niner general manager and who he's drafted and, and the number of great players that he's drafted a lot of great players. Nick, We're Bosa
0: for like, I, here
1: I we go. It. I'm looking here because I'm, I'm, ri- I'm writing a book, by the way. I don't know if, you, if I told you this. I'm writing a book uh, on the 49ers. It's coming out later this year. What? And yeah. Yeah. I'm writing a book. Um, with a with another guy, he's a he's an author. He's a you know. So I'm doing it with a a, a guy who's an expe- uh, uh a, a very experienced author, a guy named John ghost, Bruning, Ghostwriter. He's like the Ghostwriter. Yeah. So we've been going through the different chapters, and it's a book about the it, you know we're, we're going from Shanahan to Shanahan, from the last time the Niners were in the Super Bowl, Kyle, uh, John, uh, Mike Shanahan was the the you know the focal point of their offense. He was the offensive coordinator. And all those years in between to maybe the Niners winning the Super Bowl now with Kyle Shanahan. What's the name of the book? Well, we haven't decided what the name of the book is, but it might be Shanahan to Shanahan. We'll see. Um, But it's coming out later this year or maybe early next year. Larry, I'm also
0: working on a book, and we're calling it Shanahan through Shanahan. So I hope you don't consider that someone who's going to be you know competing with you. But <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> incredible! I know. no dude. You tell me everything. I had no idea that you were working on this book. Yeah, I've kept
1: it quiet. And and you, you know, one of the chapters is is you know kind of I'm I'm kind of looking at things because I'm a former football scout through the personnel lens that the 49ers... What happened to them in, in their decline from their dynasty? What happened to them in all those down years? And, you know, missing out on Tom Brady, missing out on Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Mike Nolan era, the Mike Singletary era. Well, when I got into the John Lynch era, and I'm now, you know, looking at the Lynch era. Now, a lot of people remember Solomon Thomas because they took him over Mahomes and it was and the, first Watson. Pick, the first pick of the era. Right. But l- listen to the stars that John Lynch has drafted just since 2017. 2017, George Kittle, DJ Jones. 2018, Fred Warner. 2019, Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel. Mitch Wyshnowski, who's probably going to the Pro Bowl this year. Dre Greenlaw, who's going to the Pro Bowl as well. 2020, Brandon Ayuk. 2021, Aaron Banks, Dima Lenore, Talanoa Fanga. 2022, Brock Purdy, 2023 now, Jair Brown, and who knows? We'll see. I, I think Jalen Graham's a star as well, and who knows about Darrell Luter, but definitely J- Jair Brown. There's some great players there that he's drafted in every draft, every single draft that he's had that he's been running since 2017. He's found a great player, a, found, a foundation piece, a pillar-type player. Um, That's hard to do, and that's part of the reason the 49ers are so well positioned going into the future because John Lynch is a really bright guy who was a Hall of Fame football uh, player who became a very, very good announcer and then decided to jump in to be the GM, and nobody knew if he was going to be any good at it because he had no experience at it, and he had some bumps in the road, as we know, but when you look at the totality of the seven drafts that he's covered or that he's you know led kittle jones warner bosa debo wieschnawski greenlaw put Aaron Bank Ay- in that. ayuk banks lenore hafonga um, brock purdy jair brown I and mean, we're talking about almost 15 foundation piece players in seven drafts And And so this whole idea that the Niners better win because their window's closing, their window isn't closing at all. They've got a young GM who's picking stars. they got a great head coach. they got a 23-year-old quarterback. The window ain't closing. Well, Larry, I I would push back a little bit on that. The window's going to be a lot different to get
0: through. I mean, their economic window to win like this is buoyed on the payroll that is not going to Brock Purdy. You can't put this team around Brock Purdy if Brock Purdy is making $55 million. So, but, but
1: at the same time, you, can, you could throw that in. You're right. Brock's number is going to go up, but they also wasted three number one draft choices, essentially, on Trey Lance, and it didn't work out. So, you know, if, if you gave the Niners three more number ones, they'd be quite a bit better, I think. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes in the, in, they're, you're right. They're going to have to be more efficient and hit at a, at, a, at least the same clip, maybe a better clip in the draft. Um, but, I, you know, he also has an incredible equation going right now. If you want to, I mean, it's a little bit in the weeds, so I don't want to get too esoteric. But the Niners, I really think, are doing it, di- doing it better than everybody else right now in free agency. And you say, well, what do you mean Exactly. They're letting the rank-and-file free agent walk. They're only signing the big star guy. Two years ago, Mooney Ward. Last year, Hargrave. They've got this thing down to a science. They understand that if you go get a star, it doesn't kill your locker room because you're not paying a, a similar player bigger money and guys resent it. You're paying Mooney better and Hargrave better, but they are, they are better and nobody resents that. So you're letting guys walk. You're only signing stars in free agency. You're taking back compensatory selections by letting that equation equal more guys walking away than coming in. And you're turning around with those extra draft choices, and you're taking more bites of the apple in the draft. And the, and the, the impact of this philosophy is that you have better chemistry, more star players, and greater younger depth. And it's well the reason I, that they're on top.
0: Can I offer you a perfect example? Because he's a player that I think you and I both liked. We certainly liked him as a person. We liked him as a player. Aziz Al Shair. Undrafted free agent. Aziz Al absolutely been overpaid by the Niners to stick around. They decided great story. Nice impact of a player, but not worth the bite of the free agent apple that he would take if we brought him back. So we're going to let him walk and then figure out how to replace him down the road. And that's exactly the, Graham.
1: Do yes. you winters? Yeah. A couple of big um, 10 linebackers that can run.
0: So beyond all that, look, I, I may, you know, you call it the John Lynch era. I think the Kyle Shanahan's fingerprints are not just all over every decision. They're the main fingerprints on any personnel decision. And I'm not trying to take anything away from John Lynch, but Kyle's got the final say on everything.
1: But so- Kyle, I think, I think actually Damon, that's been a, a changing uh, as well, because well, if you go, earned, right. There's trust Well, earned. I mean, I mean, Kyle, I think, you know, uh, you know, handpicked Joe Williams, handpicked CJ Bethard, handpicked Dante Pettis, handpicked Jalen Hurd, handpicked some offensive players that, you know, they utilized high picks in Trey Sermon and that they've busted. So almost all of the Niners busts in this era have been offensive players that Kyle Shanahan wanted and wanted the Niners to trade up for. So maybe at the end of the day, Kyle's an awesome play caller, play sequencer, head coach who needs a personnel guy. And he wouldn't be the first. Well, I I, I wonder, I mean, Mike Holmgren was like that.
0: Yeah, they're both full time jobs, and it's hard right. to do both very well. Bill Belichick is kind of finding that out
1: too, right? You know, right. That's, Bill that's, Belichick. That's a great point. Bill Belichick's the G, the GM is killing Bill Belichick the head coach. And and why was why did Holmgren work so well? Because he had Ron Wolf. Ron is Wolf is one of the great GMs in the history of the NFL. Yeah. Um, um, why, why is it that Bill Walsh was so good? Bill Walsh was a great coach, but he he drafted Gio Carmazzi. And he wanted Steve Dills over Joe Montana. It was because he had John McVay and Tony Rosano, and he had personnel, guys with personnel chops. McVay is a really good head coach, but Les Sneed is a fantastic young GM. John Harbaugh is a really good coach, but Ozzie Newsom and Eric DaCosta are the guys who bought the groceries and buy the groceries in that Ravens organization. They're the key to, pl- it's pro sports. You win with players. So you got to have that pipeline churning and you got to be effective and efficient in that area and all the best teams in football. Who's the, who's like the model franchise in the NFL in the last 20, 25 years. A lot of people would say it's a Pittsburgh Steelers. Kevin Colbert was the long term, long time GM for cower and Tomlin and, you know, just retired. I think, I think a year ago and turned it over to Omar Khan. Um, who's also doing a great job. So, you know, it, I'm a, maybe it's cause I'm a personnel, uh, guy. I, I look at things as a, you know, through a personnel lens, but to me it's pro sports. And if you, ha- it's not about the X's and the O's it's about the Jimmies and the Joe's as they say. Well, when you're,
0: when you're really going well, it's about everything. It's yeah. about it all coming together because you've got the right Jimmies and Joe's to get the X's and O's that you want. And you come up with during the week to get executed the right way. And if you are, you know, putting everything and all the decisions that Lynch and Shanahan have made personnel-wise, and just looking at their draft classes, it's impressive. And then you look at the two free agents that are unlike—or well, one free agent, Trent Williams,
1: who was—you know—a no, a, no, he was a trade. That was a, that was a genius that's right. John Lynch trade. That was right. a third and a fifth for for Trent. Right, and then they had to
0: sign him to that big contract after he got in. But they—the thing about that is there was a risk involved there, right? I mean that's what everyone thought because it it ended poorly in Washington, but we all know injuries, was buffoonish, and he had some he had health concerns beyond injuries, Larry. He did. So uh, what a turnaround by Trent, who has established himself as you know the left tackle to be in the NFL,
1: and then How about the CMC trade, uh, you just a two figured? a three a four and a five for CMC, and he's the MVP. Maybe
0: you could throw in two more first rounders to complete that trade
1: today. It's still worth it. It's awesome. It's one, of, it's one of the single greatest trades in the history of sport. You could like- argue that they rectified their original sin mistake of drafting Solomon Thomas. They probably should have traded back a spot or two and drafted Christian McCaffrey, who went eighth in that draft. Instead, they took Solly Thomas because Lynch took a class with him at Stanford and he had a great bowl game against Carolina. And and you know, I mean, he's a good good guy, but he wasn't a great NFL player. And I mean, they passed on McCaffrey.
0: That's a thing. I mean, they drafted a pro, right? You know, I mean, that's a thing. It's not like they drafted a guy who couldn't play. He's not nearly, he's, he's never in up for a draft pick, but he's in the league. Exactly. He's, yeah. he's an NFL player. So um, the Christian McCaffrey trade is to me, it's just the skeleton key that has unlocked everything. And then you get the wraparound of Brock Purdy being the single greatest saved everybody's bacon draft pick, maybe in NFL history. Yep. And, and, uh, again, a Met. So it's there's a part of me that would love the I multiverse. Love, there's a little luck involved, of course. Well, there's a part of me that would love the multiverse. I wish we could watch this right now in a world where Brock Purdy was never a pick, and Trey Lance was your quarterback. Would Trey Lance have figured this out by now? Would he be a system guy or fit the system as well? You know what what would we have been saying about Trey Lance? if he had been the guy in in charge of all of this, I mean, I would have loved to have seen that alternative timeline play
1: out just to know how it played out. I mean, I'm a believer in Trey Lance and I know there's people sitting there go what, but I'm a believer in Trey Lance. We still don't know. That's a thing. I I believe, I believe
0: reps to know what he
1: is one way or the other. There's three boxes that I need checked. Are you smart enough? Check. He is. Are you athletic enough? Check. He is. Is football important to you? Check. It is. When those three boxes are checked, it's just a matter of time. Now, he's a raw player who played in an FCF system, whose career in college was impacted by the pandemic, who didn't get the chance to play, has never had a chance to to play. He needs to play. He needs to play. He needs to play. Everybody knows that. He hasn't had a chance to play but I would put my name to it that Trey Lance will not be a bust when it's all said and done. Trey Lance will, will, will develop and he will become an NFL quarterback of substance at some point. I really believe it. And I, I, and you know what, when the Niners drafted Alex Smith, I thought, you know what, this guy's going to get there, but it's going to, he's going to be a grizzled vet before he gets there because he was so raw and he, but he, but he had all those same traits, really smart, really athletic, football family, football's important to him and eventually he was going to get it. Eventually he did. But guess what? Jim Harbaugh showed up, you know, before he got it. That was his 8th year. 8th. Steve Young wasn't any good as an NFL quarterback and I love Steve Young and he's coming on the show in a few weeks. He wasn't good until he was 31. Trey Lance is 23. We well, need think- to have patience.
0: Yeah. Think about We don't have patience. Think about the bad coaching and the bad rosters that surrounded Alex Smith. And Steve Young in Tampa. The the constant turnover of offensive coordinators. I mean, uh, to hire a new new offensive coordinator is to install a different language. So having to go through four different languages in your first, you know, six, seven, eight years in the league is a hard thing to do. So he was never in a really good situation, and when the situation got decent, you know he had some decent years in Kansas City.
1: I, I you know, I think he, you know, if you really look at the very end in Kansas City before Mahomes, he had more than just decent years. He had a couple really really good yeah, years. He was
0: playing the, the best ball of his career happened right before Mahomes came in and just you know took the talent right out from
1: underneath him. Um, he got with a good organization with a good head coach with some good weapons and he blossomed and, you know, Harbaugh had a big hand in that too, um, in helping him blossom, but it didn't happen until his eighth year. So I know everybody wants to rush to the end of the story and be like, you know what? Purdy's a stud now. And Lance is a bust and, you know, throwing dirt on Trey's, uh, football grave. And it, don't, we don't, don't. you're going to look really bad doing that in five years. It might be five years. But your football NFL quarterbacks last a long time. And that kid's too good of a kid, too smart of a kid, too athletic of a kid to not get it. He's going to get it. And when he does, it's going to be something to behold. I don't know if he'll ever be as efficient or as automatic as Brock Purdy. Um, and I don't, and I don't think it's going to be immediate, but I do think he's going to get there. And I'd put my name to it. Mike, Mike, and Mike Anetics says, uh, He's become, Mike Kinetics19 has become a YouTube member. Always give a little clap to the YouTube brand new Thank YouTube very Much He's among the initiated. There you go. Mike Monahan in the house. Um, <laughs> it's the Larry Kruger experience. Thank Hell you. Hell yeah. There you go. Thanks, Mike. Good to hear from you. Merry Christmas. Elite Archer23. No, you are blind. You celebrate bullshit regular season records. Screw it. Let's just throw out participation trophies to everyone. It's the worst kind of fan there is. I mean, you know what? It's, I'm Let's serious. just say this then. It's the worst kind of fan there is. You don't, everybody's don't really a failure it. except for the Super Bowl champion. Really? You know, everybody's, you know, Joe Montana was awesome. He, you know, he came up in, in 81. They won the Super Bowl. They didn't win it in 82. He they sucks. didn't win it in 83. Sucks. They didn't win it in 85. Sucks. They didn't win it in 86. Sucks. They didn't win it in 87. They didn't win it in 90. They didn't win it in 91. Sucks, sucks. (laughs) I mean,
0: what are we talking about? But 1994, oh, yeah, but here's the thing. You must have hated every moment of 1994 until the monkey was pulled off of Steve's back, and
1: then you liked it? Again, look, if all Steve Young didn't win in 95, didn't win in 96, didn't win in 97. In fact, never won it
0: again. Elite Archer, Elite Archer. Not only have you just you've you have demonstrated that you don't get it, you don't understand it, and worst of all, you have no level of appreciation for how difficult any of this is.
1: Yeah, it's very hard.
0: Yeah, it it is. If winning is that's why they have parades, buddy. Right. It's just. That is to me, and I'm not trying to pick on you here, Elite Archer. And you're, you thank you very much for the super chat and everything like that. But we still love you. It's you're the worst kind of fan there is. All you, understand, <laughs> all, all you, understand, I just said we still love you. And you followed you it up understand. with you're the worst fan of all time. All you understand is the guy holding the trophy, which means you don't understand shit.
1: Well, it just just, you know, I mean, you, you gotta have a little bit more balance to your right. I mean, j- just remember this. Look at it this way. There's Everywhere. a lot of really, really talented, smart executives, coaches, and players that are doing everything in their power to win. You would be you know, this isn't um, you know, the Globetrotters. Right. You know, there's gonna be there's gonna be teams that, you know, you're gonna lose. Look, here's the Niners thing. were one of the greatest dynasties in the history of football. They only won, they've only won five rings. They had, they had sixteen straight years of ten plus wins. They had, they got five Super Bowls out of it. That means they have, that means eleven times more than twice as many times they came up short. Did they suck in all those years they came up short? No. Think just, of there was the eighty-five Bears. There was the eighty-six Giants. There was the eighty-seven Redskins. You know that. Come on there. You got to sometimes credit your opponent. Think
0: of an Olympic opening ceremony in the parade of nations. Thousands of athletes walk out on that field. Thousands of athletes, Olympic athletes walk out on that field. And at the end of it, only a hundred or so go home with a gold medal. If you think the rest of those athletes, including the silver and the bronze medalists, all suck, you don't understand gym class, much less sports. I mean, every single Olympic athlete, by definition, is in the top one tenth of 1% of what they do in the world. If you are in the NFL, the worst player in the NFL, is so spectacularly better at what he does than the worst employee. Wherever I don't know what you do for a living elite archer, but wherever you work, the guy who works around you is the worst at his job, has absolutely no skill level at all compared to the if you take an 0 for four in Major League Baseball, you're an incredible major league baseball player. The fact that you're in the lineup means you're unfucking believable at this. But if all you understand is four for four with two home runs, so he's good. And the guy who went one through three, one for four is not as good. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. You don't understand sports. You look at sports like a child. You look at sports like a child. Like, I, I'd like to invite you over here with the grownups. Like, I assume that you want to know more than just the basic win good, lose bad. There are tons of channels that are perfect for you if all you understand is win good lose bad, there's so much more to talk about and appreciate and look at and digest. You know, we're serving a full meal over here. If all you want is chicken nuggets at the
1: kitty table, there's channels for you. This might not well, be, I it. mean, I don't want to get super insulting, but I mean, all no, I would say no, is, no, perspective. He is being super insulting. But perspe- the well, is- but I mean, he's just wrong. He's just wrong. Just wrong. He, any of this is, he doesn't I'm, understand. It's just, the old saying, they get paid too, you know, or have you ever heard some of your watch the giants in the, in, in a game uh, this summer, and somebody rips a shit, some, some fastball comes in at 95 on the hands and the guy just turns on it, hits a P out to four twenty, where the center fielder makes a diving catch. And Crook says, that's the big leagues. You know what I mean? These, there's some good players out there. There's some elite competitors. Elite archers says Walsh was all about that regular season. Yeah, baby. And we got this one from F Don't Care. Brady played for 20 years, only won the Super Bowl six times. I think it was seven. Uh, What a waste for the other years, 14 years. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, not everybody's going to agree. Look, Steve Cass says we're idiots. You two idiots don't get it and don't understand shit. The best team ever in football was the 1970 through 77, yet no one mentions the Vikings. The best team ever in football? Well, I'm going to tell you right now that I would put –
0: the lost four Super Bowls in a row Buffalo Bills against any Super Bowl champion of all time. Losing four Super Bowls in a row to me is more impressive than winning just a Super Bowl.
1: It really is. Now, now who, who had a greater run, the Bills of the 90s or the 85 Bears?
0: Look, you know, the, the Bears got that one trophy and they, they were great the in 86. They are the measuring stick of true defensive excellence in this league, but... Those uh, uh, Scott Norwood hit that first field goal to beat the Giants, and and Jeff Hostetler. I think they win three or four Super Bowls. Like they, it just became a uh, a self like a a self fulfilling prophecy that they're going to lose this big game. But those were awesome teams, awesome teams. You know, so I I just I don't know. I guess it's a difference between. Look, you know understanding and respecting how difficult this is, or just understanding win good, lose bad. Like to
1: me, there's there's so much of a more interesting conversation to be had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? Thanks for the super chat. That's what I would say. Um Banab, is that right? Banab. Banab says, I suspect the dirty crows defense will be just like those Eagles after two and a half quarters. Of physical football, they will reach for that white flag and surrender 38-17 Niners. I'm going 31-21. I'm going to say it's a little bit closer than that. I'll say 31-21. George Peterson says, hopefully we can get back to Damon's banging analogy on Tuesday morning. What was that? I'm not oh, sure. Oh, no,
0: that's right. Uh, Debo banged every mom in Philadelphia. That's, that's what that <laughs> was. Not not only did the Niners win the game, but Debo Benjamin. mom.
1: Can, can I get a little can I get a little Annie? I mean where is she? Where is she? She's around here somewhere.
2: Pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it.
1: There you go. There you go. Uh Cilio fam. Shanny coaching tree is better than the Belichick coaching tree. The Belichick coaching tree is more like a bush. <laughs> you know? I mean, what, 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 what are we talking Who's even on it? McDaniel sucked. He's a he's terrible. He's one of the Matt worst Patricia. coaches ever. Matt, Matt Patricia. Patricia.
0: Eagles going in the wrong direction
1: now that he's calling defensive plays. He was a sharp in Detroit. Charlie Weiss. Um, who's the guy who coached at Bama? Um O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien was the best.
0: Bill O'Brien was the best branch off the Bill, the the Bill Belichick coaching tree. For a minute there, he had the 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 Houston Texans going in a better direction. Um, what what's uh what's um Mangino Manginius?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: Eric Mangini? Mangini. Yeah, how's he doing uh, with the New York Jets? How's that working out?
1: Yeah, where is is Yeah. He, Was is he, is that where he is? No, no. he's dude. He, I, dude, I'm not even where kidding. that guy? I mean, that's what I'm saying. His coaching tree is like a bush because they're not even they're not even coaching, right? I Shanahan's even, got all kinds of guys out there. Yeah, I think I think Nico Sala.
0: I think Eric Mangini's like on a an ESPN set
1: somewhere or something like that. <laughs> He's staying at a, at a, at a, at a Howard John a Hojo's in Bristol. Nick, Lo- Nick Logan just says, Hey, 499 coming your way. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate you. Jimmy says if the Niners are a dynasty what is Kansas City the
0: last 5 years. The Niners aren't a dynasty. No one's calling the Niners a dynasty. Not yet. They got to win something first. They've right.
1: had an incredible they're run. Not a dynasty, but they've but they've had a very very good run. They're they're very much on top of the football world. Um they got to but they got to they got to crawl they got to win that bowl. I yeah. mean Shanahan has is the best coach in football who hasn't gotten a ring. He's literally Andy Reid in Philly. The Niners are Phil Mickelson. Phil Nicholson before that, for that masters. Yep. Waiting for the masters on Easter Sunday, lead Archer 23. That's effing hilarious. I hold the team to the standard set decades ago. Sorry. You have no standards. No, 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 but that, that, that wasn't, I mean, it's nice to have, to have a high standard, but it's also, it's a, you know, there's a little, I, I guess we'd have to agree on this. There's a little dysfunction with the all or nothing standard of elation, devastation. There's got to be something more than just elation and devastation. So, you know, I get it. Um, And and believe me, the 49ers, you know, I've been around this team for years and I've been covering this team up close for a long time. Um, There is a different feeling this year. Like there's not a single person that's going to be happy with anything short of winning in Vegas on Super Bowl Sunday. Right. There's no moral victories out there for them. Nobody. There's not going to be anybody that goes, hey, you know what? It was a hell of a run. Nope. Nope. There's an urgency, a determination, a focus like I have never seen. Um, The Niners know that it's go time. They They know they got a ton of talent. They know that they got the quarterback. They know they got all the pieces in place. It is go time, and they know it. If your entire argument is, I really want to win
0: a Super Bowl, you ain't special. Everyone really wants to win a Super Bowl. Every single fan of every single team really wants to win a Super Bowl. If all you understand is, if we win the Super Bowl, we're good, and if we didn't win the Super Bowl, we might as well be the 0-16 Detroit Lions, there is a lack of cognitive understanding is to what the fuck is actually happening every Sunday that you watch football? Why? How about this then? Why even watch on Sunday? If I all mean, you it, understand, it, it goes right, back to the thing. Kyle Shanahan's no, on the hot seat. No, 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 no. no, Larry. What no, I want you to do is turn the TV off until Super Bowl Sunday, and then on Super Bowl Sunday, turn the TV on. And if you see the Niners in that game, watch that game. But if they aren't, just turn it right off. Don't watch another regular season game. Do not watch 49ers Ravens on Christmas because if all you understand is if they win the Super Bowl it was a good day, every other day is meaningless, then doesn't matter what happens on on, on Sunday. Doesn't matter. 49ers can't win the Super Bowl this Sunday. They can only beat the Ravens. The Super Bowl's not being played until February. So just tune back in in February then. There's no reason for you to watch Niners wake up. There's no reason for you to give us super chats. There's no reason at all. If all you understand is if we play in and win the Super Bowl, we had a good year. If we didn't, everything was a galactic failure. Trade Purdy, trade CMC, trade fire everyone. You'd sound, you'd sound ridiculous to me. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, feel, I feel bad for you. Like you, you don't even understand the journey.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the, you got to derive a little bit of joy out of the out of the, the journey. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Um, but also, I understand where he's coming from. He's taking a very bottom line approach to success. And um, that's a great standard to have. And it's a great goal, but it's how you react if you don't hit that standard. And I get the sense from the dialogue here. And from the verbiage that you're like the kind of guy that's ripping the hell out of everybody if they don't, if they don't get it done, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen between now and Super Bowl Sunday. So maybe they'll get it done. Maybe they won't.
0: I bet you the golden state warriors were awesome in every year. They won the NBA title and have sucked in every year since. And then in between what you thought was going to be the last NBA finals. And then that Celtic, like you thought everything sucked and then, Oh, they beat the Celtics. So now they don't suck again.
1: Well, and also, I mean, think about that for a second. That's a great com- a great uh, comparison. I'm a very a sports fan. Grew up in the sunset. My teams are the Giants, the Niners, the Warriors, and when the Sharks showed up, I became a Shark fan. Yeah. I love the Warriors. They won when I was five years old. I was 75. I was too young to remember it because you don't really follow sports till you're like six or seven. So when I was seven, I was a huge Warrior fan. And I loved world free and I love Bernard King and I loved, you know, the warriors, but they, they, they didn't win. They didn't win. And it's like, what year was the first title that they won under Kerr? 14. Yeah. 2014. So seriously from 1977 through 2014, it was always somebody else winning. And yet. There was a lot of joy at the, at the Oakland uh, Coliseum arena. Right. There was a lot of joy. There was a lot of joy. Warrior fans found joy and in their basketball team without titles. Yeah. had to find now the new warrior fan demands titles. And I don't know if they're going to be able to derive the same joy that we derived. I remember high-fiving people. They got Larry Hughes. <laughs> I mean, it's like Daniel Marshall, you know, I mean, You got to enjoy the journey. Otherwise, that's a lot of misery, man. That's a lot of misery. Now, the
0: Warriors might not win another championship. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you right now, the Warriors are all done winning championships.
1: Steph Curry's not winning any more rings with the
0: Warriors. I'm going to enjoy every single game Steph Curry plays, championship or not, between now and the end of his career because we don't have many of them left. You know, there's no way Steph Curry plays another, what, 300 Professional basketball game, 400 professional. These, these I things. enjoyed the
1: Celtic game the other night. Yeah. These, they, they ain't going to win shit this year.
0: This is borrowed time.
1: Enjoy it while you got it. I, I love Trace Jackson Davis. I want to see more Trace Jackson Davis. Hold on. Hold on. And by the way, Kerr, play Trace Jackson Davis, damn it. Now he's finally listening. <laughs>
0: you talking about my guy?
1: <laughs> I love Trace Jackson Davis. Who told
0: you on draft night that my man had more footwork than any rookie Steve Kerr's ever met in his fucking life. We
1: were live on my channel when Trace Jackson Davis became a warrior. And we didn't, we weren't like who we had a room full of people that were all
0: fired up outside of my children being born and marrying my wife. The drafting of Trace Jackson Davis is the greatest moment of my life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but look, it, it did. The guy can play. Kid can play. By the way, let's block at the shots. He can rebound. He knows how to play. Space Steve, Larry.
1: play this guy, please. He should start over Kavon Looney. How about that? Kavon Looney's a ghost of what he was. I mean, seriously, the Warriors outside of Curry, they should take the bench and start it and take the starters and bench him. Play the starters off the bench, except for Curry. Play the bench in the starting lineup. Trace Jackson Davis and Pajemski two of the better draft picks in the Warriors have had in a while. I'm wearing pants on my head. That's how much I like them. <laughs> chosen one says great show guys. I just subscribed to Damon as well. Keep up the good work fellas. Chosen, thank thank you. you. First of all, look at the pipes on chosen one.
0: Look at that freaking arm. That, guy, that guy's got a tattooed pipe right there, and look at him. He's holding a little baby, and he can take a guy who's got a 24-inch python all tatted up, and you put a baby in his hands, and he looks freaking adorable all of a sudden. Thank you, Chosen Ones. Appreciate
1: you subscribing. Is that even him, or it's probably a magazine cutout? No, I'm that's joking, Chosen. Ch- Chosen, you, I'm it. joking. With those, kinds know, of, Larry. with those kinds of pythons, I, don't, I, I, I only joke. Nick Logan says, hey, two-spot, coming your way. Thank you. Paul coffee in the house. Two he spot. says, "You know what? Good enough for two's good enough for Nick Logan. Two's good enough for me." Paul says, "Wait a second! No, I'm doubling down. I'm going two again. Whoa! Just for, just for the hell of it." Now, here's the thing: Are you are
0: you are you dropping one of those on Larry's channel and the other one on mine? Because that's how you really split the difference.
1: Seriously, I mean, with the way he's throwing singles around, you think we're at cheetahs? All right, uh, elite archer twenty three. So Walsh, you believe considered a good regular season good enough? He was just happy with that. I'll guarantee you that Bill Walsh was
0: proud of every single season that made up that they've won at least 10 games for what, 20 years in a row or whatever the Niners? Yeah, it's like know, 16, 16 straight or,
1: years of 20, yeah.
0: 10 plus wins. Here's the thing. Bill Walsh. You can't
1: win every year. That's all.
0: Bill Walsh didn't turn around and call his locker room a bunch of fucking losers every time they didn't go to the Super Bowl. That's for sure.
1: Jesse F. in the house. Uh, Niners lead the league in rest disadvantage. They also lead the league in point differential. This team should win the Super Bowl. That's interesting. And that's
0: why just having a a bye week. Again, I think the Niners are totally cool with being at home or on the road. I don't think it matters. And they've got more fans on the road than most fans have at home. I mean, the, the, the Niners don't really play road games. They really don't. Their fans have turned up in such an incredible fashion, no matter what stadium they're in. The bye week is what they need. The, the, the one seed means you get a bye week, so you need the one seed, but they need that bye week more than anything. A week of rest for the 49ers is literally the launching pad to a championship.
1: You know what they need, Damon? No. They, need, they need some rest. They need some ACL
0: coverage. They need they need to blow a few more ACLs.
1: If they blew a few more ACLs, baby, they'd be back with you know good old Trenton. And, uh, you know, we we're coming, you know, I've heard you guys talking football, no mention of Trevor Lawrence. And I like, I love you Lowry, but let me just tell you the Jaguars are coming. I like
0: flexible players so much that I actually want to see a guy's leg bent backwards before I'd even consider drafting them. I like guys who know how to recover.
2: Oh, Trent, <laughs> Trent. You know, you, you're so funny. Trent, you, you and me, we're going to go to a meat cheese. I'm going to order a pizza. I'm going to order two pies. I'm going to get extra garlic. I definitely want to get extra garlic. You know me. I know I might I have bad breath. I talk to Tate about this. Sometimes I'll mention to Tom. I, I make sure I brush twice before I come in because I don't want to have bad breath. But we're going to a meat cheese and we're going to share a pie, Trent.
0: Do you see that, John Ben? It's either Benoît or Benoit. He's trying to do the Ralph accent. In you mean spirited Lowry, (laughs) mean spirited. He spells Larry L O W R E Y, like the seasoning salt.
2: You mean spirited Lowry, Lowry, Lowry. (laughs) you're so cute you get so mad about yamamoto you know they're gonna do just fine they got garlic fries as long as they i told tom as long as they have the garlic fries i don't care if they get otani i don't care about yamamoto Give me somebody i don't care what just don't get rid of the garlic fries
0: (laughs) (laughs) what uh what are the christmas plans how do you go about breaking down christmas day give me your game film what's uh what's what's larry's X's and O's for a successful Christmas day. Do you do presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning?
1: Well, you know, um, we had, you know, my parents passed in the last few years. So we had, we had to change our traditions. We used to get together and go to St. Ignatius mass at five o'clock right there on the hilltop at USF. um, And then uh, open presents at my parents' house on Christmas night. And then we would do the Christmas morning at our house. Now my parents are no longer with us. We sold their house. We're all over the country. My sister lives in Connecticut. I got a sister on the peninsula. My brother's in sack. So, we are going to get together on Christmas Eve, um, Christmas Eve Day, and Christmas Eve at my sister's uh, right there in uh, on the on the peninsula. Uh, so we'll be doing that, and then we'll be going to mass, and then uh, Christmas morning we'll be doing it here in the creek and with the with all Kev and my daughter, my other two sons, Ben and Christopher, and uh, the wife and the whole deal. Then I'm going to be cutting out at 12 off to Niners Ravens on Christmas night, and then the day after Christmas, we'll head to El Dorado, and uh, my wife's parents are up there, and we'll do a little Christmas day after. So, we can. I mean, I've got a three-day, 24th, 25th, 26th extravaganza. How about the Bruces?
0: So, the Duchess has flown in and with her beautiful presents and all the cookie baking that she's done, she's also brought the cold that the whole family has. So we got to all get over this cold because we're supposed to have eight, nine people over here on Christmas Eve, friends and family gathering. And we're going to do a few presents on Christmas Eve and then most of our presents on Christmas morning. Uh, the, certainly what Santa brings. Um,
1: videotape have- it, man. You got to videotape it because you Damon's your kids are what? Four and two. Yeah. So, and, I mean, and so Ozzy. this is, you're in the Christmas, in the in the wheelhouse where right. it's like, where you could literally do this one. Wait a second. Wait, did you hear that? I think I might have heard reindeer. Yeah. I think I, Ozzy, get up I think I heard him on the roof. Well, so I mean, Ozzy's <laughs> Ozzy's you can do too. that and get away with it. Yeah. Ozzy's too. If I try that. My kids are like, dad, get out of here.
0: Right. He's still figuring it out. Ozzy's too. You don't understand anything when you're two, but Jack, the four-year-old. Is all about it. Oh, he's, he's all about he's it. He's already scoping out where he wants to leave the plate of milk and cookies. He's like, should we leave the cookies over there for Santa or should we put them on the dining room? <laughs> table, awesome. Or maybe since he's going to take the presents to the tree, we should leave the cookies and milk under the tree. I'm like, these are all really good ideas, Jack. We should leave it wherever you think Santa can find it. So he's, he's so about it. Um, and then obviously uh, post game and Damon will be on the air As at the two-minute warning of Niners and Ravens. And I plan on joining you at some point that night, Larry. And then good deal. uh, You you have uh like you said, you're you're you got things to do on the 26th. Are we doing a wake up on the 26th?
1: Yes. Yeah, we'll still do the wake up on the 26th. All right. We We will not we will not let the audience down. We will do a wake up on the 26th. I love it. I love it. So we will be back with wake up on the 26th.
0: The both of us will have post game on the 25th. And I really, I want to wish everyone who is watching, this feels like the end of the show, Larry. So I'm going to kind of uh, put a little bow on this Christmas present. Yeah. We were going to do an hour today. And of course we're
1: two hours, hours
0: and five minutes. Um, it's just you and me. Um, I want to wish everyone, everyone watching, even elite Archer, especially elite Archer with all the argument that we We love you, elite Archer.
1: We, We you know, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference, right? Uh, A very, very Merry Christmas,
0: a very happy new year. And hopefully everyone has a great 2024 coming up. 2023 has been certainly an interesting year over at this house. It's been an interesting year for a lot of people, Larry, you've helped me through a very difficult year and I truly do appreciate all the help that you and Kevin have provided me. I mean, Kevin creates from this show the videos that have become the logs that have allowed my channel to burn so brightly in such a short amount of time. I mean, there is an absolute chance that in a 28-day window, my still very new at this channel might get a million views in a month. That's awesome, man. And that's just, it's its a world that I didn't think I would be living in until years from now. And it's because of the help that you've given, uh, the support of an awful lot of a shared audience, and certainly your son, Kevin, who is the producer of Wake Up with Damon and Larry. Uh, I'm so thankful for you guys. And you have helped me get through 2023, which was very difficult and we are now going to take what we've built and run with it through 2024 to the point where we're going to be laughing come 2025. So,
1: Larry, as the everything. Beatles once said, you get by with a little help from your friends. You do. You certainly you get high do. with a little help from your friends. And we have. And we will again. <laughs> and uh, and uh, hey, um, two last ones. One super here from Paul Coff. He says, Larry, we're from the Bay. Our singles aren't dropping at Cheetahs. We go to the Gold Club. Thank you. That was point of clarification um and then mark lopez says larry i never heard ralph before any old footage or audio we can uh, recover to compare the impression to uh yeah go on youtube and type in ralph barbieri b-a-r-b-i-e-r-i use it in a sentence i loved ralph barbieri uh but but ralph is a uh, was one of my friends and uh one of damon's friends and long-time radio guy, and if you YouTube him,
2: you're going to hear exactly what what, what I'm sharing with you here. Merry Christmas, Damon. Merry Christmas to the Bruces. Merry Christmas to everybody. And you know what? I know I've got 17 vacation days, and I'm signing off for Christmas on the 5th of December. But, Tom, (laughs) I just want everybody to know that even though I've got a lot of vacation and it's only December 5th, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever it is that you celebrate. Be happy. Tate loves you. I love you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2024. Thank you, everybody.